Thank you, Emmanuel. God with us. We welcome you, our great Emmanuel, our God who's with us today. We welcome you into our hearts and into our worship. Be praised in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Hope Denver. My name is Ike Shepherdson. I'm so glad that you decided to spend your Christmas here with us. You know, I'm one of the pastors at Hope Denver, but this is not my full-time job. Uh, I work in business-to-business software sales, uh, and I started 2020 feeling really optimistic. Anybody else with me on that? Did you start 2020 feeling optimistic? I had a very large national account uh, that had done a successful trial with our software. The account would have been almost all of my 2020 sales goal. Uh, I had a great relationship with the corporate team at this business. Uh, We had a really good ROI model that we had carefully planned out, and uh, I was feeling really optimistic. Uh, I started 2020 feeling like, hey, this is going to be great. You know, if you would have looked at February 2020 Ike, you would have been like, oh, that's cute. (laughs) That confident little salesman. Isn't that nice? Well, in March, the executive sponsor for our project resigned. Then the pandemic hits and shuts everything down. Everything goes remote. Uh, My family and I, we live in a small house here near the University of Denver, and uh, the kids were doing their school virtually from home, and I was working in the garage in our house uh, because there's not enough room inside our house for all of us to be working there at the same time. Uh, By May, no one is buying, and I'm working in the garage. I'm confused. I'm supposed to have this great year, uh, but now no one's buying software, and I'm working in the garage. I just want everybody to know that that's what I did this year. I spent a lot, of, a lot of this year confused about the pandemic, about all the unrest, the division, the uncertainty in our country. And what happened for me is the confusion was getting drawn out. It wasn't just a moment of confusion. We all have those, but it was a season of confusion. The recovery wasn't touching my business, and I was getting more and more confused. What's happening to our world? What's happening to my job? And something happens when you're confused for a really long period of time. Habitual confusion becomes weariness. You know what I mean? Habitual confusion becomes weariness. I think we've all experienced this year how habitual confusion leads to weariness. We have friends who lost their graduation ceremonies this year. Uh, Later in the year, I lost my job, like many others in our city lost their jobs. We've seen weddings canceled. Family gatherings postponed, trips put on hold, retirements delayed, relationships broken through political disagreements. Maybe you had a loved one that got sick. Maybe you have somebody close to you who passed away. Perhaps you're rightly grieved by the racial injustice in our country. Perhaps you've been a victim of racism, misogyny, abuse, or ageism. And of course, the election doesn't sort any of this out, does it? Because our country's as divided as ever. And my guess is that many of us are limping into the end of the year, feeling confused, and that confusion is making us weary. Perhaps today, you're confused about where God has been this year. When you ask the question, how long, God? Or when you ask the question, where are you, God? This can leave you with confusion that leads to weariness. But I'd like to suggest that today can be a day where God can meet you in your weariness. 
Today can be a day where a weary world rejoices. And here's what I'd like to focus on just for the next 15 minutes or so. Parents, set your timers on this one. Uh, Focus today is that God's revelation is the answer to your confusion. And God's spirit is the answer to your weariness. I'll say that again. God's revelation is the answer to your confusion. And God's spirit is the answer to your weariness. Today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2. We already looked at this a little bit in our, in our beginning of, of the service today. But this is Luke chapter 2, verse 25 and following, and it's God's word. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. So Simeon was a good person. We don't actually know really much more about this man, Simeon. He was a good person. He was righteous and devout. And it says about him that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the Messiah to come. Religious Jews in his day had this idea that God was going to bring comfort to the people of Israel. And this was important because Israel was under the control of the Roman Empire. And before they had been under control of the Romans, they were under control of the Greeks. And before they were under control of the Greeks, they had been under control of the Persians. And before that, it was the Babylonians. And before that, it was the Assyrians. This was a people that was defeated. And they're standing around saying, aren't we God's chosen people? Where, O God? How long, O God? And this man was waiting for something that Jews started to call the consolation of Israel. A time of comfort. When people would have God break through into their lives and into their world. And most believed that this would come through the Messiah, the Messiah. Simeon lived in this reality. Israel was under occupation, and this certainly led to a great deal of confusion. God, how could you let our country go through all this turmoil? God, how could you let our country be divided between those who hate the Romans and those who are collaborating with the Romans? I'm sure Simeon, like many other Jews in his day, was confused and weary. Now the Bible says that the Holy Spirit was on Simeon. And you don't see this much in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, but you see it a lot in the New Testament. This idea that the Holy Spirit could be with somebody or on somebody. And you see this as a sign of God's dwelling with his people. It sounds a little funny, right? The Holy Spirit was on him. What it means is that God personally dwells with people. That's what that means. It's this idea, it's not really creepy, but I, I could see where, if you might feel that way. The connotation is that God's presence is with God's people. That the ultimate comforter and the one who made you and me could actually be in a relationship with his people. And this is what was happening with Simeon. The Holy Spirit was on him. Here's the thing about weariness. When you're weary, you don't need somebody like me to give you an inspiring word. When you're weary, what you need is God's presence in your life. When you're weary, what you need is to know and be with God. God is the, God's spirit is the answer to human weariness. Look at verse 26. It had been revealed to him, to Simeon, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So Simeon believed that he had heard from God. He would have had, that he would have the chance to meet Israel's Messiah, the one who would console them and deliver them from the Romans. 
and he had heard this from God. There's this idea in the Bible that God speaks, and at Hope Denver, we believe that God still speaks to people, and this is something that Christians call revelation. When God speaks, it's that God is revealing himself to his people, and this is incredibly important. Think about how often you're confused about things. You're confused about the state of the world. You're confused about the relationships in your life. You know it's possible to even be confused about what's going on in here. Why do I feel this way? Why am I stuck? Into all of this confusion, God speaks. God reveals something, and God's revelation is the answer to all of your confusion. If you've had any weariness or confusion this year, I'd invite you to ask God to reveal himself to you. Now, typically, when God reveals himself, he'll do it in, in a number of ways. He'll reveal himself to, to you through the Bible. He'll reveal you, himself to you through Christians who are used to hearing his voice, Christians who are accustomed to hearing God's voice. But very often, God will reveal himself to you just in the quietness of your own heart. This January at Hope Denver, we're going to be talking about how we can hear God, how we can hear from God. And I'd love for you to join us in January as we talk more about these things on a Sunday. Look at verse 27. Verse 27 says, Moved by the Holy Spirit, Simeon went into the temple courts. When the parents, that's Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. The Holy Spirit is here again. Do you see this? God's presence is here again. And he gives Simeon the sense that he should go into the temple. Now, when the Bible says that Simeon was moved by the Holy Spirit, this doesn't mean that he was in some kind of psychological ecstasy. Like, oh, Holy Spirit. Like, nothing like that. But there's just this idea that God is a person. And God talks. And sometimes God will speak to you. And he'll put something on your heart to do. And that's what happened to Simeon here. God was just speaking to him. And again, if you've been confused or weary this year, I'd invite you to ask God to speak to you. That's what you need. If you've been, if you've been tired, if you're worn out from this year, you need God to speak to you. Sometimes God, when you ask that, he'll give you a word of comfort. Sometimes he'll give you a word of encouragement. Sometimes he may simply reveal his presence to you so that you'll know that he sees you. I have a sense that there's some of us today, that's probably all you need to hear today. God sees you. God sees you. So one thing you can do to pray, if you want to hear God, is just say, God, I'm open. That's really all you have to do. There's no, nothing fancy about it. Just, God, I'm open. I want to hear from you. So Simeon, he goes to the temple because the Spirit told him to. And Jesus' parents are in the temple, and they're bringing Jesus to have him circumcised and have Jesus participate in the Jewish religious ceremonies for when a son is born. Now, some people claim that the New Testament is anti-Semitic, that it's anti-Jewish, and that's really not true. That couldn't be further from the truth. Some Christians have been infamously anti-Semitic, but the Bible is deeply affirming of the Jewish people. Jesus is a Jew. <laughs> the Jewish people are deeply loved by God. They're God's chosen people. 
And because Jesus was raised as a religious Jew by religious parents, we find him at the temple as a baby. So Simeon meets Jesus, and immediately he praises God. You know, this is why we begin our services with musical worship. Because when you meet God, the proper response is to start to worship him, to tell him that he's good. And that's what Simeon does here. And what he says for us in his worship to God is incredibly important for our confusing and weary world. Look at verse 28. Simeon took him, took Jesus in his arms, and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. This is amazing. Meeting Jesus convinces Simeon that he can die in peace. It's not that he lived a full life. It's not that he checked every box on his bucket list. It's that he met Jesus. That's the thing that convinces him that he can die in peace. For those of us who have been afraid of death this year, meeting Jesus is the thing that will comfort you and, and, and the way that you'll know that God is with you and you won't be afraid. Life doesn't consist in the richness of our experiences. Life doesn't consist in our success and deals closed. Life doesn't consist in having lots of things. Life consists in knowing Jesus and knowing that he loves you. Life is about meeting God. That could sound kind of sanctimonious, right? Of course the preacher's going to say that you need to know God. But the reason that Simeon has peace is that he met God. So if peace is something you want, then just turn your attention to the one who gives all peace, the Prince of Peace. That's why Simeon embraces Jesus. See, Simeon knew something that can be hard for us to learn. Once you've met God, everything else will work itself out. Seeing God was the ultimate answer to his confusion. And God's presence was the answer to his weariness. An old man at the end of his life living in an occupied territory, believing that he was part of the chosen people, and yet his people was defeated. Seeing God cleared away all of that weariness and confusion. Look at verse 30. He says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon makes a claim here. He makes a claim that Jesus' birth is about bringing a time of God's salvation to all people. God is bringing salvation to the world through Jesus. Now, what does that mean? If I say God is bringing the salvation of the world through Jesus, what does that mean? Well, it means two things. First, it means hope. There's hope. There's real hope. It means that economies and sicknesses and presidents and racial injustice are not the end of the story. Hopefully that's good news to you. You can say amen. It means that God is doing something in people's hearts. It means that God is working under the surface to bring about healing and change into our world. This is how a weary world rejoices. It's through the hope that comes through Jesus. What does it mean that God brings salvation through Jesus? It means hope. And secondly, it means universal love. 
God's salvation is not about privileging the few. It's not so that the more can have more. Those who have a lot can get more in life. It's not that those who are smarter will be seen as so great. It's that God is pouring out his love to the weak and the weary. He's humbling the proud. He's taking the humble and he's exalting them. And he's pouring out universal affection to everybody who feels like they can't take one more day. God bringing his salvation to the whole world means that our little divisions can be healed by God's incredible love. It means that Jews and non-Jews are welcome. You know, I hope Denver, everybody's welcome. In God's family, all are welcome. God won't force you to come, but all are welcome. And it says that that Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for Israel. You know, both of these promises, light for the Gentiles, glory for Israel, both of these play off of a light metaphor, the idea of light. You know, something about light is that if you close your eyes, you can notice that it's there. But unless you open your eyes, you can't benefit from what light does. And that's the thing about being close to God. You don't have to make yourself good or acceptable to him. See, the message of our world is do, try, achieve, work hard, get to the top. But the message of the Bible is just be willing to open your eyes. Just be willing to say yes. You and I, we can bring nothing to make God love us more. All we have to do is just say yes. God's not going to force you to come. He's not going to force you to open your eyes. But if you open your eyes, you'll see all the beauty and the healing and the provision and the clarity and the peace that you need. That's what God's revelation is like. It helps you to see everything else, but you have to be willing to open your eyes. See, God's revelation is the answer to your confusion. It's been the answer to my confusion this year, and God's spirit is the answer to your weariness. It's not just a a self-help method. It's that God will meet you in the middle of your sadness, and he'll bring you peace. The message of the Bible is simply to be open to God. So I want to ask you today, are you open to God? Are you open to him? Will you say yes to him? He's the answer to your confusion and the answer to your weariness. You know, the Bible calls Jesus the true light who gives light to everyone, and he's coming into the world. The Bible says that Christ's light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome the light. God turns our darkness to light. When the world is dark, God's word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. The Bible says that Jesus is the light of all humankind. The Bible says that in Jesus, a light has dawned on those living in a land of deep darkness. If we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, God's Son, purifies us from all sin. And Jesus himself said this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, 
but have the light of life. Jesus, now we thank you for your light. Holding these candles before us, it reminds us that even if we feel like we're in darkness, we can walk with the true light who gives light to everyone. That we can walk with you in the light. And God, I pray for those who feel confused today, for those who are weary. If that's you, you can just say it in the quietness of your heart, God, that's me. I'm weary. I'm confused. And God, we're open. Speak to us. Give us your presence. If you're open to him, just say, yes, God, I'm open. Give me your presence. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that wax is starting to drip on you, you can blow, your, blow out your candle now. Just a couple things before we go. Merry Christmas to you. I'd love for you to, to uh, click a connect card uh, online. You can go to hopedenver.com for that. Please remember that we'll have no gathering on the 27th. And that, hey, my, hey, my family, kids, kids, shh, we're almost done. We're going to have no gathering on the 27th, but we, we will meet on the 3rd, and we'll have a, have a worship gathering on that day. Um, if you brought a gift this week, a, an offering, we're doing it uh, for a program called Adopt a Pastor. There are many pastors in the two-thirds world who have been overlooked in COVID relief because they're Christians. These are people who are suffering religious persecution because they're Christian leaders. And for $50 a month, you can feed a whole family uh, of, of a, a pastor and his family uh, who, are, who are now uh, really hurting in the world. So please give to that. Um, as you walk out, there'll be some buckets ushers have for your candles. Just drop those right in there. And unfortunately, um, we can't stay. <laughs> we have some COVID guidelines. Uh, I don't know a nice way to say this, but uh, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> but God bless you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.